Welcome to the C2C Podcast. I am your host, Derek Anderson. After holding my first event in 2010, I went on to create Startup Grind, a 400-chapter community based in over 100 countries. Along the way, I discovered the greatest marketing tool of all time, your customers. Yet, I couldn't find anyone sharing how to build a community where people could experience your brand in person or at scale. On this show, we talk with the brightest minds and companies on the planet about how to build customer-to-customer marketing strategies and create in-person experiences for your brand and customers before your competitor does. I'm excited to have our next guest, Leo Shanea. Leo works at MoveIt, which is the number one free local transit app in the world, with over 480 million users, covering more than 2,900 cities. Leo is the director and global head of community. We'll be talking about why people want to be part of these communities, what metrics are important to get company buy-in, and how to keep the community motivated. Leo is not only a guest, he's also a listener, and has listened to every single episode of the C2C podcast. We're really excited to have him today. Take a listen. Leo, it's great to have you on the podcast. Can you describe what MoveIt is and what you do in your role there? Sure. Thanks for having me. At MoveIt, we, we see mobility as a basic human right for everyone because it affects so many different uh, aspects of our lives, such as employment, the areas in the city where you're going to look for a job based on the transit options that are available to you. The same thing with education. It affects our personal safety and even our own health. If you think about the air pollution as a result of uh, public transit. So mobility, when done right by the cities, can help creating equal opportunities for everyone. And our vision is to simplify urban mobility all around the world. We developed this very popular transit app to be able to tell you at any given time what your best options are to go from point A to point B using a combination of all the mobility offerings in your city, such as buses, trains, subways, but also car sharing, bike sharing, scooters, and in the future, why not, even autonomous vehicles and flying tax caps when they become a reality. In parallel to that, we offer, we offer city planners a platform for them to gain control and visibility into their own transit systems based on real movement of the people in the city. And that's something that we can do because we collect on a daily basis more than 5 billion movement data points from our users. Third, we offered some of our strategic partners, such as uh, Microsoft, Uber, and a few other big names, access to our transit data repository so they can offer their users the most accurate transit information in their cities. My role as the community leader in the company is not only to keep growing and developing the community program, but also to, to make sure that the community program continues to have a big impact on the bottom line of the company. Could you explain what the Moveter community is and how they happen, helped map? I think it's about 3,000 cities. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We, are, uh, we passed 2,900 cities uh, across 91 countries Wow! Uh, with our coverage. And yes, for a transit app to exist in a city, we need to get a few things right. We need to understand, for instance, uh, where every single bus stop is located in a city bus stop, train stations, uh, subway stations. We need to know the information about every single transit line that operates in a city, including its sequence of stops, timetables, and so much more. So the the question is, how come a small group of people, and we are a small team, 
sitting in one corner of the, of the planet, know the location of every single bus stop in a city called Puebla, for instance, in Mexico, or Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, or so many other places in the world where movies is available. And uh, the answer to that is that this very same small team was actually supercharged. It was augmented by joining forces with more than 600,000 incredible individuals from all over the world who are using movie tools to map their own local transit lines. They are called the moviters. They come today from 200 countries and they are responsible for 70% of the new cities launched in Movit. That's the power of the Movitor community. It's my understanding that you created the Movitor program with all that you've learned from that experience. Like, what do you think is the most important thing to get right when community builders are starting a new community? I actually have a list of five things that I think every community builder should consider when starting their journeys. First of all, you should select a problem to solve that is worth solving for the company. Hmm. Otherwise, even if you succeed to implement your community program, nobody will care, right? So make sure you pick something that touches a, a real pain or opportunity for the company. In our case, part of the strategy of the company from the beginning was to go global, to expand uh, its coverage to as many places in the world as we could. And, and so uh, developing a successful community program in this case could become an enabler for that strategy to happen. And uh, by doing so, we could have a big impact on the company, a, a big impact even on the valuation of the company. And I think that's the kind of impact that we as community builders should be looking for. So let's say you decided you are, you are building your community. The next step is to define a very strong vision to promote. Because a strong vision is what's actually going to attract people to come close to you and to say, basically, count me in. I want to be a volunteer. I, I wanna, I'm willing to, to offer part of my free time to collaborate with you to realize that special vision. You, you need to formulate a strong and appealing message. In our case, again, we are always talking about simplifying urban mobility for everyone. We, we talk about mobility as a basic human right. So that's a strong message that's very appealing and it resonates with a large number of people. Now, only having a vision, and that's number three, is not enough because the vision does a very good job in creating passion. People come in saying, count me in. You also are going to need action, right, to get things going. So in other words, you need to set a framework. You need to tell the ones who are willing to contribute exactly what to contribute, how to contribute. You need to provide them with the right tools. And uh, only like that, you're going to create also action. Next thing to do, you need to define clear roles for all the parties involved. Everyone needs to know what they're bringing to the table, what they're getting out of it. That's how you create a health system. And in our case, this is very clear. Uh, we, the company, bring the tools. The moviters bring local knowledge. And together, as a community, we create value to the larger community, which is society as a whole, represented by our app users. Uh, the company is very uh, aware that without the knowledge of the moviters, it would not be able to create the same amount of value for its users. And on the other hand, the moviters also know that without the tools, the resources, and the reach of the company, they would not be able to have the same level of impact that they have today on their local communities. And finally, you need to define relevant metrics from the beginning. And by relevant, I mean metrics that have a correlation with the main metrics and strategies of the company. That's how you make sure that the success of the community program has an impact on the bottom line of the company. 
So let's start with that point, talking about metrics that align with the core KPIs of the company. When you sat down to do that for your program, which metrics did you identify or how did you know which ones to pick and jump in and contribute to? How, how, how did you go about selecting those or, or actually proving the ROI of the program or the value of the program into those metrics? Yeah, we don't get too much details about our metrics, but uh, what I can tell you is that we track both growth and engagement metrics. But uh, in addition to that, we have these special metrics that prove that correlation. And just to give you an example, if the, the strategy of the company was to go global, to add as many cities as possible to the app, of course, tracking the amount of cities launched by the community is one of the relevant metrics that can create and prove this correlation to the success of the company. You mentioned something interesting as the first piece, and that's to really solve a pain. And you know, I've recently heard a, a quote from the co-founder and CEO of Box that talked about the job of tools is to really find a group of people, a demographic that is sort of underserved, underappreciated, undervalued, and to help elevate them and to, you know, create value for them and the work that they're doing. I wonder how you approach that inside of your company. You weren't always running community. This is a newer role. You've been in the company for for many years, but how did you go about deciding where the right pain uh, to solve was for the community? Did you get feedback internally? Did you talk to moviters? Did you, how did you determine what pain you should be solving to inside the community program? First of all, it comes after a lot of discussions internally. And when I say internally, I mean involving all the, the levels of management of the company. And here's a good tip, by the way. A lot of community builders show a lot of frustration for not being able to bring the, the high-level management on board with their ideas. And what I think, and here's the tip, that uh, when you're defining your metrics and your KPIs for the, for the community program, the best thing you can do is to bring to the discussion the high-level management because once they are aligned around the, the metrics that you are defining for community and they understand that correlation to the main metrics of the company and how your community program being successful can impact the success of the company, first of all, you're going to get the support that you need from the community, from the management team. But second, by doing that, you are, in other words, creating a common language within the organization that will help you discuss community performance as you go. It will help you a lot going forward. So when we started the whole program, we tried to understand for the company, what were the real pains, and not only pains, the opportunities. Here we were talking more about a big challenge. We had a small team, and we had to basically map the whole world of public transit. This is an incredible challenge. And how to do that? We decided to try an experiment with the community. And how can we make sure that working with the community would help the company achieve this desire to go global? And uh, when we thought we had this thought process, we understood a few metrics that we could be checking on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis that would help us prove this connection and make the company grow. Keeping community members motivated over time can be super challenging. How do you suggest people in roles like yours keep community members engaged in contributing over a long period of time? I think every community builder would agree that providing people with recognition for, for their contribution is a key factor to keep them engaged and motivated. However, what I think many people miss 
is the understanding of what kind of recognition is the most effective one. You see, when somebody joins a community program run by a company, usually their intention is not to have an impact on the company itself. Their intention is to have an impact on their local communities via your company, via your product. So the most powerful recognition is not the one that comes from the company, but the one that comes from the very same people that they are trying to, to impact, to help. So once you realize that, then you understand that part of your job as a community builder is to create channels for the end users to show their recognition to your community members. And there are many ways to do that. I can tell you just a couple of things that we do. We create, for instance, campaigns in the app to let our users know who are the people behind the transit information that they are getting on a daily basis. And we add a, a space for them to write a short thank you note. And suddenly we have our top contributors receiving literally thousands of thank you notes from thousands of strangers, real people who have been impacted by their contribution and have a better life on their daily commutes because of the effort of those guys. That's a very powerful kind of recognition. It's a lot of motivation and engagement for the, for the group of volunteers. Another thing that we did, we have a great relationship with many municipalities and city halls around the world. And once we invited the mayor of a city to write and sign a letter of appreciation for the Movistar community. So here you have the, the mayor as a top representative of your local community saying thank you on behalf of the whole city for your contribution to local mobility. That's the kind of recognition that matters the most. That's such a cool example. And it's a great insight that I don't hear articulated uh, very well, or I've never heard articulated in this way, which is if I'm repeating what you said, which is that when a brand has community advocates, those people are not really interested or intrinsically motivated building the brand, they're really trying to build their own community. And the brand gets to be part of that because, you know, you're facilitating sort of platform for them. And, and maybe I would add to that is not just their own community, but their own personal community as well. Like I'm trying to build my own network or I'm trying to build my own brand. And so I think that's a that's a really great insight. And, and sometimes brands were very heavy handed with people and those communities don't really take off. You know, if 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 we have too much control or we act like it's our thing, I mean, of course, it's it is our brand and there need to be some controls in place. But ultimately, we're what are we without our customers and our community? We're nothing. And the best communities that I've seen have that sort of mentality that you described and, and articulated. That's a great insight. You've built a very multicultural team, which you need to have when running a global community. And so I wonder where did you find all of these you know, talented and diverse community managers that work with you? Yeah, first of all, you're right about the multicultural aspects. I believe that uh, we should speak the languages of our community members. And the office, we hear more than 10 different languages being spoken by the team. And about where to find great talent. And that's, uh, I love the question because... It shouldn't come as a surprise. The, the first place we look when we are searching for talent is actually within our own community. Think about it. We have in our community people who use the product and care about the product, the company, and the brand. They are already using some of the tools that they would have to use as community managers. They have proved the ability to work as a team because after all, this is a community effort, right? Some of them have even displayed some great leadership skills. In addition to that, they naturally share some of the values that we promote as part of the culture of the company. And they even know by their names, part of the team. So when you think about it like that, it's a no-brainer, right? 
And at Move It, it happened not only once, but five times that we hired a community member to become a community manager, and they performed really well. In a company like ours with about uh, 160 employees and a big R&D team with a lot of developers, that is a very impressive number, I believe. Absolutely. As we close up, Leo, I'd love to know, is there a community or are there communities that you love or respect or follow or think are doing great things in our space? I can mention two, actually. One that I like to follow is the Waze community Mm. because uh, it has a lot of similarities with our community. We are both on the same uh, mobility industry. Both communities are made of map editors. I honestly always get uh, amazed by the level of engagement of the Waze community when I'm just driving uh, my car and getting all those alerts in real time being reported by other community uh, members ahead of me on the road. And second one is an app called Be My Eyes. They do a, a beautiful work of connecting visually impaired people with people who can see. So for instance, someone who is blind and is having a hard time picking a, the right shirt on, on his closet can hit a button and be quickly connected to a volunteer who can help him to find the, the right shirt that he's looking for. At Moveit, we, we care a lot about accessibility as part of simplifying mobility for everyone. Accessibility is a very important part of the so-called smart mobility. And we try our best to make as accessible as possible to help visually impaired people with uh, audio alerts to let them know when their bus is about to arrive, when to, when's the right time to get off the bus and to allow people to become more independent. So for all that, I really respect what the guys behind uh, Be My Eyes uh, have been doing. Perfect. That was great, Leo. Thank you so much. All right. It was fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to, to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. Again, that's B-E-V-Y-L-A-B-S dot com slash pod.